this is Gary. I'm Shangar. And you're listening to The Bar. Alright, so today we're going to do a detailed analysis of Christopher Nolan's new movie, Tenet. But, be- but before we go on, this is a spoiler-heavy version. So if you haven't seen this movie, please stop this right now, go watch the movie, and then come back. Last time it was no tennis. One of these bullets is like us. Travelling forwards through time. The other one's going backwards. Can you tell which is which? How about now? Why does it feel so strange? You're not shooting the bullet. You're catching it. Whoa. Alright, so, Gary. We've seen this five times now, haven't we? I've seen it four times. You've seen it four times. I've yeah. seen it five. But it's more enough to be a pro of talking about this movie. To be honest, not even, right? I feel like it barely, I barely scratched the surface by the end. So I, f- I felt like I did understand a lot more about it, but there's still a lot more that leaves you um, wondering. Definitely. I, I think you could watch this movie another ten more times and still feel like there's so much more. Maybe that's what he meant for it to be. Ten, net, ten, 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 ten. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, okay, to really explain. So, Tenet is actually an organization from the future that have discovered reverse entropy. And now, they are trying to end the world as we know it, and they will go on to live in reverse for the rest of their lives. So basically, there are parallel storylines happening at any one time, or parallel journeys of the characters happening, overlapping on each other. Yes, exactly. So there's the ones that have contact with the future, and then those that are oblivious, those are still living in the present. Um, But basically, what it's trying to say is, um, people from the future can no longer live in an environment of the world that is safe and sustainable for them. So it's actually an environmental movie at the end of the day. Nolan's trying to say, if we go on like this, people from the future are not going to have a planet to live, which is pretty much like Interstellar as well, if you realize. Exactly. Yeah, right? If you think yeah. about it. So, but uh, but now, so they, they find, they, they manage to uh, create this reverse entropy and now they're going to go backwards and that's what you call inversion. So they, they want to live in a world going back in time on a constant basis. So that is the premise of this movie. It sounds really complicated because it is, but, but Nolan is trying to tell you, don't worry about the complexity, enjoy it just like another cinematic experience. And for that, I think he did an amazing job just to make you come back into the theater and really feel something, immerse yourself in a surrounding with amazing visuals, great score, and some good performances. Definitely. Shall I touch a bit about what entropy is? Yes. For our listeners who, maybe that word is new to them. I think for people in the science of engineering, that's something very familiar. But entropy basically means it's the measure of molecules, the disorder, the breakdown, the randomness of a system. Yep. 
and, and to like to put it simpler right so like like they explain the movie um basically reverse entropy is just like a bullet going backwards so instead of shooting a bullet you're catching it it's com- it's coming back into your gun and so that's that's literally what reverse entropy is about and so it's not time travel per se but you have the ability to go back into time through this technology where you have to reverse yourselves and and the the scene that distinguishes between those who are going ahead in time and going backwards in time it's the the oxygen mask yeah and they have some something that's based on a real science that's out there right yes. uh, a, a mathematical or, or a scientific theory which is uh, Maxwell's demon the separation of red and blue mm-hmm. and a demon door yeah. and how technically or theoretically someone can travel between the red and enter the blue yeah right? which is exa- exactly what they did right in the movie yeah if you were going back in time you into the blue side you're going ahead ahead in time you're on the red side uh, Maxwell's demon is suggested how the second law of thermodynamics might hypothetically be violated uh, in this form of a controlled experiment between a small door that is in between these two sections and in this movie they literally physically build out that theory something that's you could equate on a on a whiteboard with, with, with numbers has been physically transformed into this prop yeah. that you could kind of more or less understand it without having to understand the science behind it. And and that's the other thing. So this is theoretically possible on a very hypothetical manner. Just like how wormholes scientifically may exist. It's just that we haven't seen them yet. So same idea he researched it he even had the same scientist keep on who advised him on interstellar um helped him out with this so theoretically it is possible but obviously we haven't gotten it gotten there yet so which is why it's science fiction and i spoke to a scientific uh, scientist recently about something like this and to what people would perceive as magic is basically science that we don't understand yeah. yet yes can't be explained yet exactly exactly so that's that's the premise of the movie itself let's not get in too much into that let's move on it's uh, magic if you don't understand it <laughs> <laughs> um the movie itself is it's it's an action thriller it's a spy movie and honestly um john david washington's character who is essentially known as the protagonist we actually don't know his name he is put into this world and he's just as lost as all of us right do you realize that we're we're looking at the world through his eyes exactly yes so he was just like wait what is going on and so there's exposition trying to make him understand but essentially you know even he's like you know what i'm just going to go through the flow of motion and just live with it um and that was that's something I, i found to be interesting right and then robert pattinson's character was there to sort of explain to us to to give color to the movie um to give give some comic relief for us because you know otherwise it would be a really i would say it was it's not the most jovial movie you know it's not the most like it's not the most happiest movie you'd exactly. see and there's some parts that are quite depressing <laughs> and okay john david 
Washington itself. You, 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 in the spoiler-free version of this review, you said that you liked his character, but the most. Yeah. Did you feel like? He, do you feel like he lacked depth in his character, or is that intentional, to for for the lead character to actually not have much emotions? In some sense, but n- not to say that he did not have any depth. I think he's layers to what makes his character interesting it's only uh, unfolds towards the end where you, when you understood where he's coming from who he really is and what he means to essentially the protagonist and who he really is if you actually so it turns out he is the one he is the protagonist from the future who is recruited by no he re- he he, he's, re- he's recruited by the protagonist because the protagonist moves on in time to start Tenet this organisation exactly yes and he recruits him he recruits himself <laughs> he recruits Neil to recruit himself <laughs> yeah. yeah basically yeah and, and so the whole idea of that that, that was insane so, so basically and Tenet itself is the organisation from the future right the part that wasn't really clear is are these people part of Tenet is Tenet the good side or the evil side um, or is this tenant just the organization that has the ability to go back into time? I feel like that part wasn't entirely clear. Yeah, I but mean, it, my understanding of it is tenants that organization to keep Sata in check to to undo what he's he wants to do, right? Which is basically to end all of humanity by bringing the algorithm together. So there's another organization from the future that is sending bullets, helping Sator to end the world. Yeah, basically, they, they have the algorithm broke up into physical um, objects, yeah. buried in the future, sent back in time. And Tenet's job is to stop that from happening. So the protagonist's character builds Tenet to save the world. Um, and the opposite of that, the antagonist of the movie itself, Andre Sator, is there to help the organization from the future to destroy the world. So basically bring destruction so they could live life backwards, right? So and, and then we have Robert Pattinson's character, Neil, who... What do you think about Neil? So I want to... My theory is Neil... It's a little boy named Max. The son yeah. of Andre Setor. And, and I'll, I'll tell you my working theory. It's, it's a bit like Nolan's spinning top towards the end of Inception, right? Yeah. It's open-ended. It's up to your interpretation what do you make of it. But my understanding is Neil is Max. And it adds another layer to his character because it's hinted at the end that the protagonist is looking after the mother and son. And in early in the start one, he gets recruited in India. He asks, what would you do to get to um, Indian... Sing, yeah. And he says, are you willing to take a mother hostage, a child hostage? Yeah. And I think he was referring to himself in some sense. It would make sense because the whole time with um, Elizabeth Debicki's character and what they're trying to do towards uh, Sata, it has another layer to realise that that's his father or that's his mom, right? Another thing is if we're following the whole tenet, uh, what's that thing called when it reads backwards and forwards? Palindrome. Palindrome. Max could be short for Maximilian and if you take the last word backwards, it's Neil. (laughs) 
See, you've done your research, obviously. Um, I think it's a huge long shot. To to, but it's possible, and one of the reasons why it's even possible, Robert Pattinson is not blonde, but he went. Blonde his look with yeah. yeah, he went blonde for this movie. I, mean, I saw a picture online where they put side by side and they look pretty. The, it's believable. The that son the same and, person, and right? It could be. And it's something that Neil said towards the end before he he goes back into the tunnel, right? He says, "We've known each other for a long time." Yeah. And it makes me wonder of how long have they known each other? Did, I did he, didn't say like thirty five years or something. Uh, I don't think something. that was exactly spelled out, but. Right. Uh, Yes, he said he's, it's been a long journey for him and they're going to do some really cool stuff. It is possible, definitely, I wouldn't lie. And, but one thing we do know is Neil is from the future. Yeah. Because the whole time. Because he says, see you at the beginning, right? Yeah. Exactly. And now that we're on Neil, might as well, we're not spoiling it for you to, and to be on AVR, obviously, but to be honest, it's not even that clear. People who watched it once may not actually understand this, but Neil dies. Yes. In a movie. Definitely. To save the rest, to save the world. Yes. And it's not even clear. Like, you actually don't realize it the first time because it's it's also vague. But when you realize that, and then suddenly that last scene where they're saying goodbye to each other becomes so much more emotional when you realize that is goodbye, that's me, I'm going to sacrifice myself. And the, the saddest part is... The pro- protagonist knows that He realises in the moment he, re- he realises that he's going there And he's going to go die To save them And then he's, he's, he's like and Is not, there another way? But it's not his first time Remember the Oprah scene in the beginning? He saved him the first time In the yeah, opening act Exactly And he's doing it again He's protected him the whole time Exactly And so that scene The first time I didn't feel much of it I was like okay Just two bros saying bye to each other Why so emotional? But by the fifth time I watched it, I was literally tearing because that's goodbye. That's someone who's going to go in and sacrifice himself. And do you realize it would make more sense if that young boy, Max, is Neil, in the sense that he was looking out for his mother and him the whole time. And this is why he grew up to look out for the protagonist, right? To protect him. Yeah. Because you, you wouldn't go out of your way just because you got recruited, Right. I, the bond itself, I mean, if they are really it close, feels more and, yeah, could be. It could be. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it is. It is an interesting theory. I'm sure it's out there as well. I'm sure some people are saying that. But I'm glad that you know you brought it up, and maybe you're the first to. I thought that on the first watch, by the way. At the end of it, I'm like, boys, <laughs> in. And so the the flow of the movie itself. So there's barely. There's very little character development. That's the thing. I think most character development, if any, was focused on Elizabeth Depicki's character. She's the one you could see the sadness in, the pain in, you know, her dyna- dynamics with um, Andre Sator, the abusive relationship. Andre Sator is meant to be a menacing character to all of us, right? Like, uh, and, and Kenneth Branagh did a really good job. They, my only question is, why can't you just get an actual Russian actor to play that but yeah but he still did good a good job nonetheless but he was the menace of the character and uh, of the movie and and we felt it and so the i think a lot of criticism is going towards how it lacks emotions uh the characters lack depth and but here's my here's my counter right nolan's movie has never been known for 
emotions and it's never been known for like depth of character you if you want that you go watch a scorsese movie maybe but I, I, and that's why i find this movie interesting it's, it's slightly different in the sense that everyone is on their own individual journey right the protagonist is on his journey mm-hmm. uh, it's a bit emotionally driven because he's lost his team in the beginning and he's trying to find uh, some kind of redemption arc for that um, neil's character is on his emotional journey going to my theory it could be more in depth and more personal for him and uh, elizabeth's character uh, about liberating herself from abusing her husband mm-hmm. talking at the beginning of how she wished she had freedom and only to realize she's talking about herself herself yeah uh, a version of herself in the future that actually did it yeah and so everyone has that full circle emotional journey of a moment yeah but it's just that they don't portray all emotions on their faces right and that's just maybe nolan's subliminal way of putting it so i feel like a lot of people are expecting too much so a lot of people say this movie doesn't have heart it doesn't have emotions but i'm like no there is it's just it's just a bit more it's a bit more weak it's, it's a bit more personal i guess in a few more layers yeah exactly it's just like the movie it's complex you got to watch it a lot of times there's a lot more layers that you have to you know open up over time like an onion um talking about how like in the last episode i said this is like graduation class if you're a nolan student um and he's 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 put in a lot of his his previous work right uh the whole non-linear part of memento uh you would see the whole time um manipulation from interstellar the whole war scenes of dunkirk um the bad uh, the, the villain uh, characters from all the dark knight uh, movies especially there's literally a homage paid to joker when um uh, when satos says look at me right uh-huh. so it's essentially his masterclass as a combination of all his films he made prior to this yeah he's prepared you he's taken 20 over years to prepare you for this and then he's like here you go now you've graduated yeah and good timing and as well elements in each films that has built that makes you if you watch those films you want something more yeah this movie kind of surpasses that and beyond yeah gives you a lot there were a lot of criticism towards the sound mixing as well there will i i guess this is down to how the cinema portrays it right so it's if it's meant to be for 70 mm IMAX film then i i don't think there's any problems with the audio but when you when you convert it digitally i think that's that's why we face the issues with the with the influx of the sound quality oh, but i always thought lyrics the way he makes music is meant to always sound different i like the parts where he made the sound sound in reverse. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's very him. He's known for using different instruments and trying new things and creating new sounds. Yeah. And sure, maybe he's not uh, he doesn't appeal to everybody and the diehard people would prefer it was Hans version of it. But yeah. I felt there was a bit of Hans Zimmer's uh, horns in certain part. Yeah. He made it a very Nolan-esque kind yeah. of movie. Correct. And but fresh this time. Yes. with someone else at home so it, it felt a bit different at the same time um and so the, it's not doing that well in the box office obviously because of our current situation uh it's only the fifth highest grossing movie of of this year and bad boys for life is number one <laughs> right now it might be hard for them i think any other 
uh, time they Tenet would have gone uh, in the top three of for the whole year but this is a different year but nonetheless Nolan's made a movie for you to go out experience this ultimate cinematic experience and truly feel like you're part of something and I think for that and for the originality um, of this idea I think people should watch it do you want to talk about that uh, Seder Stone oh yes Go ahead. Um, Google it. Uh, there are elements and names and references that are derived from this stone that they found in was it Greece? Yeah. Many 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 years ago. Um, I won't spoil it. Just Google it, and and see if you make the connection. It's it's pretty interesting. So all I'll I'll just say it. I mean, there's there's the the five words on the uh, Sator Square is Sator Arepo Tenet. Opera and Rotas, and each of these words have significance in this movie, and it's all part of a palindrome at the end. So, exactly. All right. That's all the time we have for this episode. Until the next time, take care. Bye.